Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. I want you to consider this. Because when you think all things new, you have to think all things changed. Nothing can be new without change. You got to understand, even if it's a new car, you have to change. You have to learn that car. You have to, there's always change involved in newness, which is why most people do not walk into new things. Because in order to walk into new things, you must, I heard y'all all the way from home, change. So uh, he, he told me this, because we must embrace change in order to embrace new. You can't embrace new. I want new things. Yes, Lord. Remember that before? He's doing a new thing. You can't embrace new and not embrace change. Because change, he told me, like, like, well, Miles Monroe said it this way. I love this, and I love Miles Monroe, Dr. Miles Monroe. He says, because you have to embrace change because the future has a way of arriving unannounced. Ain't that good? I, I love that. He says, change transports the, the present into the future that demands a response. So change is the, is the momentum that pushes your now into the future, and you have to respond to it, usually with future change from us. You've got to embrace change in order to embrace new, because new wine will not be poured into old wine skins. God said, I will not pour new wine into old cases. So you have to change the cases in order to receive new wine. And I think God has a whole lot of new for us, but our cases are the same. We're the same person with the same thought pattern, with the same behavior, with the same emotional, with the same person expecting new things. And God is like, I will not waste. I can't waste my new thing in old vessels. So the, the, the prophecy was new things. The process is change. Okay, you got that? Because most people love prophecy. Oh, this is going to happen. This is going to be new. But we don't understand that the prophecy is actually the initiation to change first. Okay, so, so new things, God told me, new things are like the lock. But change is the key. Did y'all hear that? I'm going quickly. This is all my thoughts while I was away. So no thing is the lock, but change is the key that unlocks new, good God, that unlocks new things and gives you access to the new things in life. God is trying to make me the key. He's trying to make me the key that unlocks new things in my life. You have to change in order to access new things. So the process of key making is what homeschool is all about. How they make keys, first they pour, you know, the brass into like this, this, uh, uh, this machine, and then they press it, and then they stamp it, and then they cut it with this little sharp razor thing, all this cutting, all this stamping, all of this thing, just to make you the key that fits the lock to your future. Homeschool is uh, it's not religious. Homeschool is not religious. You don't have a uniform. Ain't about your dress code. 
You just come downstairs in your pajamas. You can still have your blinders on. Homeschool is not religious. It's all about your relationship to and with the teacher. It has nothing to do with rituals of the school. It has nothing to do with the, it has nothing to do with the, with, the, with the religious practices of anything else. It has everything to do with your relationship to the teacher. And the teacher, as we learned last week, is, thank you, the Holy Spirit. Everything is communicating with you right now. I know that. Everything. The weather, the, the social media, whatever. But what is the teacher saying? This class is not about, uh, uh, you know, most classes in school is about uh, 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 things and how you, you know, how things happen and things happen. This class is not about how things happen. This class is about how you should happen in things. How you should respond, how you should think. The class is tailor-made for and about you. This is the school of life. This is the school of your life, and you are the point. The student is the whole point of the whole class. The school was created because the student has arrived. Yeah. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, I have arrived. I know you're not where you're going to be, but look at you. You're not where you used to be. You have already arrived. If you're in process, you already arrived. Tell somebody I'm on my way. So the point of the entire class is the student. Last week we talked about the teacher. This week for a few minutes, 24 more minutes or less in Jesus' name. I just want to explain something. Now, we talk so much about this subject to me in Secret Place and in other lessons that we've had, but I just want to expound on it a little bit more. How much do you know you? Who are you? That's, that's the most important question you, you have to know in your life. And you have to hold on to that, like I said, like a, like a, like a running back with the football. You got to hold on to that while you're being beat down by defenders and helmets. And you got to hold on to who you are, but you got to know who you are first. The only question the angel asked Jacob was, who are you? That's the only question he ever asked. Who are you? Or in essence, he's saying, who do you think you are? Because who you think you are is who you're going to be in storms. Who you think you are is who you're going to be when you're betrayed. Who you think, whoever you think you are is the most important thing. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So there's, there's a technique that helps people better understand their relationship with themselves and their relationship with others. It's called Jahari's window, right? It's a technique called Jahari's window that uh, 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 counselors use, business people use in their staff meetings to kind of better help you understand a relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. I want to break that down really quickly, and then we're going to move on. Okay, so Jahari's window. Can you put the next one up there? This is Jahari's window right here. All right? We have, these are your four selves. It's your open self, your hidden self, your blind self, and your unknown self. These are the window. This, this is called Jahari's window, as my mentor uh, taught me this. Now, my open self is known to me and known to others. This is the me that everybody knows. And it's the, every, it's the me that I know and everybody else knows. This is what you give to the public. This is what you give to your first, first date or whatever, da-da-da-da-da, or in public, you have to move it, whoever. Everybody gets your open self. Y'all got that? I'm just teaching a little bit this morning. All right. The second self is the hidden self. Now, this is known to you, but it's not known to everybody. Okay? You know. You, you, people have to earn access to this area right here. Now, don't give everybody your hidden self too soon. 
Because they can betray you, they can manipulate you, they can use it against you. Don't, don't, they can use that as a point of control for their self-pleasure. So people must earn access to your secrets. Do not tell them your secrets too early. So this is your hidden self that you know, but everybody don't know, but have to learn access. Maybe you grew up in a foster home. You don't say that when you first meet somebody. What's up, I grew up in a foster home. That's something that I, I, you understand what I'm saying? You might be dealing with an illness or a sickness or divorce or whatever. These are hidden things, not really, you know I mean? I ain't talking about like sinful things. That could be in the category as well. But I mean just unknown things. People don't know you went to college and you got your BA. People don't, people don't know certain things. They have to earn access and your access pass should be expensive. I'm going to pause there for a minute to make you, make you think you got a glitch on your computer. This access pass should be expensive. We're giving our real selves away too cheap. All right? So open self, the self that everybody knows, hidden self is the self that people have to earn access to. Blind self is the self that other people see when you don't. Oh. See, see, this side is, could be the pride side. Oh, but this side is the humble side. We'll go get into it. So the blind self is the self that everybody sees. Man, he don't even. And you don't even see it about yourself. Everybody has blind spots. I'm taking my jacket. No, I'm going to leave it on. Everybody, no, I know, you think you know yourself? I know, no, I'm trying to tell you. For humility's sake, everybody has blind spots. That's why you need the Holy Ghost and you need holy people around you. Now my jacket coming off. You need holy people and the Holy Ghost because you don't know everything about yourself. You don't know every temptation that might get you. You don't know every issue that might take you off. You don't know that your nose is running. You don't know. You know, you don't look as good as you think you do. Uh-oh. I know you think you're keeping it together. And based on the past and what you've been through, you're looking really good. But there still could be some spots. You need some good friends around you. If you got good friends or good family around you, just, just look at them and just say, I so love you. And I so appreciate you. I don't care if, you, if it's embarrassing. Tell me what I don't know about myself. Please tell me. The Bible says two is better than one. Because if one falls in the pit, you can help me out. Tell your neighbor, help me out. You need God and you need people. So loners, you have a lot of problems that everybody sees but you don't. You by yourself, you ain't got no friends, you don't trust nobody, and you think you tight and you solid. There's a spot in your life that you have no clue that's dysfunctional, that you need God and people to help you point out. That's for humility's sake. You understand? I need somebody. I might not need the same thing I give, but I do need somebody. Are you understand what I'm saying? People look for this. Never mind. You often look for the same thing that you give. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying? If I give this, I expect that in return. But sometimes you need something else. Let me get to this. Open self, hidden self, blind spot. Look at this, y'all. Unknown self. The unknown self is unknown to you and people. This is stuff that counselors and, psych and psychologists, they help you extract that. Like, I didn't even know I was bitter. 
I didn't even know I was offended. I had no clue. These are things that you don't know, but it still affects your behavior. Come on. You don't know it, but it still affects your thought pattern. You don't know it, but it still affects your health. You don't know it, but it still affects your relationships. You don't know it, but it still affects your money. You don't know it, but it still affects your character. You don't know it, but it still affects your marriage. You don't know! You need the Holy Ghost. Open self, hidden self, blind spot. I need friends and Jesus. Unknown self, my friends can't even help me. They don't see it either. Family don't see it either. I need a good teacher. Oh my God. <laughs> I say I need a good teacher to help me realize the things that I don't even know about myself that could be toxic and dysfunctional. Stop walking around like this is the only side of your life. This is just the only side you know. You got blind spots and unknown spots. You, got, you need people and Jesus. That's why it says love people. Because they see your blind spots. I, I dealt with this, y'all, because I, I have trust issues, man. I've had and have trust issues, severe trust issues, where I let nobody, even in here, I don't even let them in my hidden self because I don't trust people. But if I don't learn to trust people, they'll never help me point out my blind spots. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? So you have to get over yourself to become better. You got to get over yourself to become new. You got to get over yourself. And that's the student we're talking about today, self. Self is the biggest problem you'll ever have in the rest of your life. All right, I'm already in and I didn't even know it. Self will be the biggest problem you'll ever have for the rest of your life. Period. Because the teacher, nine times out of ten, this teacher, I'm off the notes now, nine times out of ten, this teacher, his first lesson will be to unlearn. I ain't gonna have enough time today, I feel it. Your first, I know y'all here, I'm tired. The first lesson will not be, okay class, now two plus two, it's not advanced, forward, thing, no, it's unlearned. Because when you come into this class, you think you already know so much. And it's not until the Holy Spirit begins to reveal these two areas to you that you realize I don't even know myself. But the creator who made me knows me. And he has my purpose laid out before I even got here. It will behoove me to sit in class. Yes, Humbly and learn. If you learn problems in school, the problem you will learn in this class is you. Which is why most people, Marcus, skip this class. I, I don't want to learn about me. How do I make money? How I'm coming up, what I'm supposed to do, get my business, what you talking about, me, I'm good. What's up? That's the class I want to be in, entrepreneurship, business, marketing, branding, money, how I make this money. We all, sensa anything sensationalized, that's the class we want to sit in. But you don't want to sit in the class of self. Because the way, but the way God prospers you is not outward things. Good God Almighty. He said, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So God never prospers you outwardly first. 
He always prospers you on the inside, at home, in homeschool first. And as you prosper in homeschool, you'll prosper in life. We're skipping the first step, trying to go to the last. Unlearn. Why unlearn first? This is, this is so, this is, why do I have to unlearn first? You can go back to the homeschool uh, graphic. It looks better behind me than this. Thank you. Why unlearn first? I got 13 minutes. <laughs> oh, everybody that lives is laughing at me like, Pastor, please, just go ahead and talk. We already know. Why unlearn first? Because we wrestle not, watch this, against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Good God. Principalities. What's principalities? You think it's just the big devils? Principalities are the origin of a thing. Principalities mean the origin of a thing, or how you were first taught a thing, or how you first were exposed to a thing, or how you first learned a thing. You don't wrestle people. You wrestle how you first learned what love is because you got raped. And, never mind. You, you wrestle the origin of a thing because the law of the first states that how a thing is first introduced to you, you see it through that lens every other time. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? So, so the law of the first creates the perception of the thing. So parenting, if you didn't have parents, that, you, you're open now. You're open to culture as a parent. You're open to people as a, you're, you're open because how a thing was first introduced to you, God, the teacher, the spirit, has to wrestle that. My friends betray me, so I don't trust nobody. Your view of friends, based on the first batch of friends, is betrayal, and I'm good on that. The spirit has to wrestle that. The new you got to wrestle how you were first introduced to love and affection and friends and good. What does good mean to you? You thought that was good. Now you got to unlearn that. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Being tough and on the street was the way, because that was how you, that's it. That's the way. Now God got to wrestle that way. Say, no, Jacob. Israel. There's a way that seems right to man. We always make our own ways. And we got to wrestle the principality. We got to wrestle the principality of church. <clears throat> and how we did church and how church and what church means. And all, man, the religious man is gone, is done now. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he shut it down. Because now we get to the real. Now we separate the men from the boys. Now we separate the real from the fake. Now we separate the true from the gimmicks. Unlearn. 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 Jesus had to come, and his first lesson was unlearn. Okay. You've heard an eye for an eye. But I say. <laughs> You've heard, but I say. He's tearing down principalities and thought processes that establish ways of living. You got to understand something, y'all. I'm about to go a little bit deep right here. The Bible says all scripture was written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of the Lord. Right? And it's profitable for edification, doctrine, reproof, correction, 
In other words, the scriptures was written so that we could have correction, alignment, and for doctrine. Doctrine are man's practices. It's how we do, how we do stuff. Here at Live, this is how we do live based on the scripture. Another church can look totally different based on the scripture though. We can all use scriptures to establish thoughts and ways. <laughs> so by the time I got to church, women couldn't wear pants. And I'm not talking about nobody church. Because <laughs> you took one part of the scripture and made it a law and made it God's way. But that was actually your doctrine. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying in here? Woo! Even though you can use the scripture. Oh, man. And that's how the false prophet is going to come. He's going to use the scripture. Even though you can use the scripture to validate your doctrine, it doesn't mean that's what the spirit is saying. Are you hearing me? I said it last week. Jesus was talking, and he said, he that has an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying. You don't just need a word. You need the Spirit. Because you can read a Bible scripture and do the wrong thing just reading the word but not having the Spirit of it. Are you understand what I'm saying? Because when, you know, when you know the author, you, you know what they mean by what they say. <laughs> uh, you understand what I'm saying? I know what he, you feel me? See, that don't, that don't literally mean you feel me. But because you know me, you understand that I, what I'm saying is, do you understand me? Because you know the author, I can say it a certain way and you'll get it. But somebody who don't know me, I'll say, you feel me? And they'll come up here and try to touch me. You can't just go by the word. You got to go by the spirit. I got to sit down, man. All these word-based churches with no spirit. And I'm not here to talk about other churches. You have heard, but I say. Let me tell y'all how thick the skin of flesh is. It's so thick. All I think about is the passion of Christ and what Jesus went through. But that shows me how God views sin, right? Heinous. The flesh is so strong. I say it all the time. The veil of the flesh is so strong that at best, in this life, we're believers. Wow! Like, we got to believe God is real, the word is true, I'm anointed, I'm saved, I'm free. Animals don't believe, they know. They don't have the flesh veil. Now, animals have flesh, but they don't have the spirit of the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? We have the spirit. We got a flesh veil that is so thick. At best, in this life, we're believers. We have to live by faith. So I want to encourage you all. First of all, in your walk with God, if there's ever a space where you like, I, I, I think it's Him. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. If there's a gray space there, you like, you're so confident on one end, and then on the other end, you like, I, is this my imagination? Am I crazy? Are these my thoughts? You're a believer! Standing ovation for you. I'm standing for you. You're a believer. And the enemy gets in the gray space. So try to make, oh, you know this ain't, you know you, you know you, you know God, you know you don't feel nothing. You know you ain't really changed. You know, he's a liar. Oh God, he's a liar and the father of lies. Even the man who wanted his kid healed said, I believe, but help 
There's a side of me that believes it. There's a side of me that's like, huh? <laughs> you're, not, you're not a fake Christian. You're not a fake Christian because you got those signs. Come on, man. You're in the world, but not of it. That's all. You're in this crazy world trying to believe God. If there's a part of you that believes, celebrate that sign. At best, we're believers. We have to live by faith. Like, we can't just know because Adam kicked us out of God's direct presence. So now the flesh coat is so thick. When I pray, I have to believe I'm talking to somebody that hears. Come on, y'all. I got to believe that when I worship, I feel his presence. I got to believe that's him. Because of the flesh. Animals don't have that veil. Submissive by nature, they come under. They don't have that pride, that self that we got. Animals don't have that self. We got it. They know God. Birds, they fly south for the winter. They, they're so in tune with nature. They're so in tune. They don't need nobody to teach them because they're in tune with God. That's how we were supposed to be. But sin and self has created such a thick flesh veil that at best, even the disciples, believers, they were with Jesus and didn't believe. That's how thick, y'all hear what I'm saying? That's how crazy this flesh is, yo. They were with him three years, saw everything he did, and still didn't believe. The man rose and was in their presence. I gotta get out of it, I got four. The man rose and just came through the door to him. The man didn't knock enough. Boom. And they still like, well, let me, let me touch you there. Look how thick the flesh is, man. And you think you ain't going to go through mental warfare? You think you ain't going to go through doubt and fear? You think you ain't going to go through struggles in your mind? Just because you struggle don't mean you ain't saved. Just because you struggle don't mean you ain't righteous. Just because you struggle don't mean you don't believe. The devil is a liar. I'm, so, I'm screaming. I'm so, I sat down, so I won't do that today. How about I feel y'all, man. I feel y'all confusion, man. It's turning into doubt. Don't let your confusion turn into doubt. God is not the author of confusion. Just choose to believe in the face of doubt. Oh. He said, if you're going to follow me, if we're going to do this thing together, he didn't say stop sinning. He didn't say get your life together. Deny self. Because that boy is going to be a problem. Our whole relationship, this boy is going to be a problem. God is saying this to all of y'all today. If we're going to chill, if we're going to walk together, you want me to help you, you want me to be your teacher, that guy got to go. Self. Deny yourself. And I'm going to say this in closing. I'm not done, but I'm going to stop. You have to deny yourself because I heard a teacher say corruption cannot be reversed. 
When sin enters into the world, corruption began. After Adam's bite, you can play, man of God. After Adam's bite, the pro y'all can wait for a minute. Wait for a minute. I'm just talking. After Adam's bite, the process of corruption began to the point where now, even in the Bible, the earth groans. The earth is like, oh, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Because the condition the little earth is in, the earth got cursed because of man. So the grass and the sand is like, oh, where are the people of God to restore us? The flowers and the trees is like, where are the people of God to give us life? We got cursed because y'all messed up. Corruption began <laughs> when Adam bit the fruit. And corruption cannot be reversed. It could be delayed, but corruption is inevitable. You can, he said you can put a peach in the refrigerator. It doesn't stop the corruption. It slows it down. But if you leave it out for a week, it will be destroyed, unusable, and detestable because corruption cannot be reversed. The only solution for corruption is salvation. <laughs> it's like a pool, I see, of just corruption. The earth, the world, the ways. And if you look in the pool, the whole world is there, right? Only thing above the pool is like the heavens. So you just see your, the whole world, everything. The only way to be saved from the pool of corruption, the only way to, to be rescued, you gotta be saved from corruption. You can't reverse corruption. You gotta be saved from your thinking. <laughs> you gotta be rescued from your ways. You gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be saved from your behavior. You can't reverse it. You can't fight. You can't just go to AA meetings. You can't just, you can't do that. You can delay your corruption. And you can go clean. You can be clean for two months. But corruption is inevitable if you're not saved. <laughs> the only solution is becoming a new creature. That's what homeschool is all about. Becoming a new creature. I will say this in my closing, 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 closing. I beg you all to listen to the teacher. I said it last week because you have a real enemy. You have an enemy. The adversary of the devil. The Bible says that the Lord is my light. You can go to the last scripture. Thank you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear, King James says. The Lord is my light. Whoa, this is crazy. And my salvation. He lifts me up. He lifts me up. He saves me. He lifts me up. And he says, the Lord is my fortress. Look at this, y'all. Protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? How does God protect us from danger, y'all? How does he protect us? 
Yes, there are supernatural unknown protection, danger seen and unseen. His angels are camped around about us. There is protection like that. But the way God protects us is also through instruction. <laughs> he protects you with his direction. God's lessons, this teacher, his lessons looks like direction. The way he teaches is through instruction. Moses, throw down your rod. I want to teach you something. Pick it back up. Put your hand in your breast. Take it back out. Look. He's teaching through instruction. He's protecting through instruction. You want to be protected during pandemic? Follow his instruction. <laughs> his direction is his protection. That's the old song that says, that's why I'm safe. I'm safe in his arms. Don't play that, but I'm just saying. Let me close this up. I'm going to finish it next week. But student, you are the point of the whole class. The pandemic hit. But you're the point of the pandemic in your world. How do you respond to that? Everything that happens to you, God is like, okay, so how, what? Why are you shaking? What's up with you? The whole, you encountered this whole problem right here. God steps in front of the problem and says, what's up with you? Why are you, don't worry about that. I promise. Why, why are you fearful? Why, why are you not? They brought the woman caught in the act. They brought him to Jesus. They, the woman was caught in the act. And the accusers were like, yeah, this whole thing is about them. This whole problem is about her. This whole issue ain't about me, it's about her. I ain't in this problem. This is an issue going on, but I ain't in it. It's her. I'm just an innocent bystander. Even bystanders have to give an account to God. Here she is thrown on the ground. Jesus gets on the ground with her. Look at the teacher. You need a teacher that can get down with you. I said you need a teacher that can get down with you. It's good to be on high levels with teachers, but you need a teacher that can get low with you too. Get down and dirty with you too. You need a teacher that's not afraid of the dirt. Because Jesus started, the teacher started writing not on the chalkboard. Started writing in the dirt. No one knows what he wrote. Some people say names. Some people say dates and times. And the guy standing by, I look at the names like, oh, Sophia, whoa. How you know about Sophia? <laughs> Who knows what he wrote? But you need a teacher that'll come down to your level to rescue you. Jesus stands and says, he does it without sin, you cast the first stone. Because every situation is still about you, even if it doesn't involve you. Everything you're exposed to is about you. Every swipe that you see, how you feel about it in your hidden place, in your unknown places, it's about you. Stop thinking things don't affect you. Everything you expose yourself to affects you. It might not change you, oh, but it did something. Everything you expose yourself to is a seed. It's a seed. You got to give an account to how that seed affects your ground. Every lesson is about you. George Floyd, I wasn't there, George Floyd. How you feel? What? You still got a teacher that's like, you, you understand what I'm saying? 
Anything that happens at your house today would expose you. If somebody irritates, I don't know, every lesson is about you. The teacher is standing by you, not them. Well, my mom, you heard what my mom did. You saw how she, did you see how he, did you see? Like just following you, just. While you pointing at the one caught in the act, he's following you. Everything is about you. So be mindful of that. I'm going to go. We're going to talk more about, I'm going to do the second half of the student and then hopefully the lesson next week. Teacher, the student, the lesson, the grade. We're all in homeschool right now. And God ain't playing with us. You know what he told me, y'all? Look now. And this is my stuff. Every time I take my stuff, like, y'all got to say amen real loud. I thought it was people pleasing. Because I was so laughed at when I was a kid, I was bullied, I was mocked. I still remember the feeling and jokes and the feeling of it. It's like a scar. It's not a sore now, but it's a scar. But I, I, I said, I want people to like me because everybody joked me. So I came into this people-pleasing realm. Now I'm 44 and it's still like residue of it on me. But it's not even people pleasing, it's not even, it's how I feel when people like me. So God is like, yo, you're on the throne of your own heart. You try to control how people treat you because you like it. So here, I'll get this for you, here you go, here you go. Thanks, Ty. So I'm serving. But I'm not being rewarded for my service because my intent was how I look to you. I'm more important by, I'm more, I'm more engulfed by how I look to you than how I am. That's pride. And that was wrapped in kindness, being polite, humility, but it was all to look good to people, that's my heart, that was in my heart. That was on the, I was on the throne of my own heart. Pride, myself. And God was like, you're in the way of your new. You're in the way of your next. Still be kind, but not so you can be looked at as being kind. Still be humble, but not so people can like you. Don't, no strings. Be with no strings. When you, when you cut the strings, you enable his blessing, his favor and his newness in your life. Because when there are strings attached, people owe you. And you messed up because they ain't say thank you. You messed up because they didn't tell you how good you look at the, how long you took to get dressed. You messed up when you got strings. But do everything heartily as unto the Lord knowing that of the Lord you shall reap a reward. Now I'm being kind with no strings and I'm reaping a reward from him. Being humble and pleasant with no strings. You ain't got to like me. You can roll your eyes after me. You can roll your eyes at me after I give you a thousand dollars. I don't care. I'm free. Yeah. I don't got fear of man no more. I'm free. And who the sun says free? <laughs> it's free indeed. You don't owe me nothing. God got me. I'm sorry I ever arrested you to a response. I'm sorry I ever 
became entitled, feeling like you owe me something. I apologize to you. I repent. You never owe me anything. <laughs> I do everything that's unto the Lord. And he got me. He, he always had me. But I gave the power to the people because I valued myself too much. That's the lesson I learned and am learning in my class. What lesson are you learning? Be honest with yourself, it's not fun lessons. It's not exciting lessons, y'all can come up now if you can. But what lesson are you learning, man? If you're home and you're not learning, what are you doing? If you're home and you're not growing, what are you doing? It makes no sense to just wait. Corruption is continuing. Corruption is advancing. Let them save you. Let them rescue you. Let them lift you up. It's time to go higher. It's time for a new thing. So what if it means change? It's worth it. I got change for that. Oh, I got change for something new. You got change? Father, we thank you and we love you for you're a patient teacher. You're a kind teacher. You're not a teacher who, don't, who doesn't know our destiny. You established it. You're not a teacher who don't know my purpose. You established it. So Father, I surrender today. I received the harsh, harsh, hard lessons, specifically in my blind spots and in my unknown self. I surrender to you. I'm open and vulnerable to you. Do what you will. Make me the master key. If you got to chisel me off, chisel me off. If you got to mold me, mold me. If you got to cut me, cut me. Do what you got to do to make me new. Because I'd rather be new than the same. In the name of Jesus, if that's your prayer, say amen wherever you are. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.